0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My Angular Story. This week, we're talking to Michael Lodkey. Michael, do you want to say hi? Hello. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Now, uh, do you want to just give us a brief introduction to who you are, why you're famous,
1: all that stuff? (laughs) <laughs> I can give you a brief introduction about who, you, who I am. Uh, my name is uh, Michael, and I'm a human. <laughs> I live in Vienna, and I'm interested in, in web technologies, especially Angular. So Angular is um, the stuff I earn my money with. I'm a consultant and trainer in Angular, and my hobby is uh, RxJS. Nice. Uh, yeah. so, so it's, it's Michael? Yeah, um, Michael is uh, the German pronunciation okay. of the, the same name in English, Michael. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, I want to try my and say it German. Right My, my name is German and it's pronounced Michael. Michael. Yeah. It's the awesome. German Michael, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: There we go. So, um, so yeah, so you live in Vienna and you do Angular. Um, how long have you been doing Angular?
1: uh quite a while since it came out angular the early one versions js something one two whatever i believe one two one or something or one one whatever something
0: Uh something
1: with one dot
0: yeah oh the good old days right yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting because um uh, i did a lot of uh, bigger applications in angular js and stuff that i realized is not is not working there like a sharing state with this um what was it back then this scope and root scope stuff was not really really performant and i implemented patterns and those patterns are today very very present in the newer version of angular so Uh the just Mm -hmm. angular not angular js so it is really really interesting to uh to see how the problems of those early versions of Angular evolved into a very nice way of dealing with it today. It is uh, not out of the box, but it, we have a lot of tools that that do it for us. For example, the problem back then is today solved with some global state management tools like NGRX, for example. And <clears throat> back then it was um, my custom clumsy implementation and it it became a nice uh, standard way of solving stuff. So it's, it's interesting to compare very old version of a framework mm-hmm. with very New versions
0: yep absolutely I, I'm curious uh, how did you get into angular
1: um, well I was um, a backend developer back then I did uh, many years of backend development with a uh, SEND framework and also of course what else I made website when I was young and I used uh, the content management Drupal back then and Drupal was uh, really interesting for me because they started to um, develop a plug-in that that provided you a REST API for this uh, content management system this uh, what what you know nowadays a headless content management system uh-huh. I was uh, so uh, fascinated of the possibility that I started to uh, use some front-end stuff to to build a website or a mobile app uh, and back then I used Ionic and Angular, so first Angular and then Ionic in the, in the, in the JS versions. Oh, wow. <laughs> so and you were doing mobile like apps the, before you
0: were really doing... What? So were you doing mobile apps first or web apps first
1: then? Uh, well, um, I experimented with AngularJS and the first solid application that I wrote was an was a Ionic application. Uh-huh. Our application mobile app, hybrid app, however you call it right and this was my first step into this uh, angular world so i i i um implemented the api client for this drupal uh, cms to, to use in the, in the angular <clears throat> ecosystem
0: right and was that um it was my REST first rest api
1: source. what yeah it was a rest api client okay one of my first um projects that i open sourced or my first open source project um, i don't know how you call it <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. curious, too, like how much adoption something like that gets, because I mean, I, I've been in the Angular community for a while and Drupal really isn't the platform of choice that I hear from most people.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I started to try out this um, Hypo3 back then. It was uh, way more clumsy than it is today. And yeah, the this pushed me into this Drupal uh, CMS system because it was more handy. Yeah. But in the end, I was I was getting bored from the backend stuff and I moved to the front end. And then I did Great. cool stuff. My, my first really big application was an Uber clone on, on, with Ionic. It was a pretty, pretty uh, cool and big application with WebSockets and uh, GPS tracking mm. and whatever. And I was very, very excited. And after this, uh, I never touched the backend again. Until now, where I again start to experiment with uh, NestJS and other cool technologies.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I'm I'm curious why why Angular? Why not React?
1: Well, uh, AngularJS was uh, was out before React, and uh, at, at least as far as I know. I mean, please mm-hmm. correct me. I, I always can be wrong. But let's say I experienced it. Okay, I experienced that uh, AngularJS was the first cool new thing that i realized and it back then because i wrote also some um jquery based ap um, Mm -hmm. spas it was like a game changer if you you, uh, think about developing something with jquery and then you try out angular js it's like whoa and uh, i was so fascinated i attended every single meetup of this uh, uh, angular technology back then and yeah, since then I'm a super fan of, <clears throat> then, then um, React appeared and then Vue appeared and uh, yeah. I, I I'm not familiar with um, uh, React a lot, but I know the know the concept and uh, uh, I used it. I just never did a uh, a lot with it. So I understand yeah, how how the other is. things work, but uh, I would say my focus is on Angular and the surrounding technologies, and uh, I more or less never switched. Really,
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I remember, yeah, Angular came on the scene and then, yeah, a while later, React came on the scene and they started doing things with like shadow DOM and yeah. components and things like A lot of the things that we kind of take for granted within Angular today. Exactly. And, you know, we get all those goodies and we get a lot of nice stuff out of Angular as well. And so, yeah, I, I definitely get that. I didn't realize that it was so long ago that React wasn't really even on the scene yet. And I remember yeah. that. I remember arguing with people about Ember <laughs> back then.
1: Ember. So um, the Angular CLI, I'm pretty sure, is based on the Ember CLI. I think also, it started that way. Uh, I don't know Ember if it still is. Ember um, technology evolved into this Angular system.
0: Yeah. I don't know if the Angular CLI is still based on the Ember CLI, no, no. but it, I know it
1: started so it that was, way. It was. I, I believe it was at the very beginning. The case. It was, yeah. 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 Yeah, and this so, was uh, also the, the reason why I attended a lot of uh, Angular meetups back then.
0: Yep, absolutely. In in Vienna?
1: In Vienna, yes, yes.
0: Because, yeah, when I think of uh, big hubs of Angular developers, I don't think of Vienna. So, I mean, what's the community like there? And how was it this back is, then?
1: This is really interesting. Um, you have to know today I run the Angular meetup since uh, five mm-hmm. or six years. Uh, at the beginning, I was just an attendee. One of the first meetups um, that ever happened, uh, I was I was already there. Uh, and the interesting part about this stuff, at least in Vienna, was these meetups were always packed. I can't remember. Uh, I guess it was 2:15. Uh, we had always like a 80, 80, 90 people there, and. Back then it was not that well funded as it is today, but when we had like a really cool speaker, I can remember when Manfred Steyer showed up at our, our meetup, we had 125 people on a meetup. Oh, wow. Yeah, It was like incredible. Uh, time changed and we had to move to another location. The old organizer asked me to take it over and now we are in another location, but still always a lot of people and also the video crew that is recording our talks. Our uh, told us, that we, we always have a um, very active community, a lot of interesting speakers. We have like every single meetup one, I don't know, GDE or this and that company, really famous, famous people. And it is a uh, very, uh, very good feeling that we have such an active and, and, and interesting dynamic in this group. I'm not sure if it is everywhere in the world, I, I, I assume no, but at least here in Vienna, that's the case.
0: Yeah, I went to some Angular meetups here and we had I mean sometimes we'd have a hundred or so and sometimes it was like thirty Where are of you? us. So it just, Where is just here. Uh Utah.
1: Utah Salt Lake City. Nice, yeah. nice. Yep.
0: Yeah. So there's there's a healthy community here, but yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, that uh there are that many people there that want to stay current on Angular. And it's also yeah. interesting how many gdes and people that you're saying are available to come and speak to you
1: i mean um we have i so after i took the meetup over i also did several changes and i set up an association it's called angular austria association that Mm -hmm. basically takes fundings or sponsorships from companies and then funds meetups and other things Uh, for example i run this ng girls four times a year other beginner workshops free everything is free and also the meetups and i have right. their free drinks free food and if i have a speaker um that is not uh, gde or had to to pay their travelings, links i am not able to refund their travelings because uh, i have the feeling they already do so much to prepare for a talk like they train it it's not like you come there and you speak you have to train it practice it you have to build the story to the slides. It's a lot of work. And then they have to pay the traveling to speak on my meetup. And I'm I'm really happy that since several years now, nobody that speaks on my meetup has to pay travel costs or something. Also other events in Austria that are related to Angular are funded over this association.
0: That's that's awesome. And how how do you get the association funded? Do you have companies there that funded or
1: Yeah, so um I go to companies and I explain what I do and show them what events we run and um show them that we are like um approved as a non-profit organization and then they say yeah that is cool and then they give us uh, a couple of uh, euros and we use this money to run those events and we advertise them with logos on our banners or in the recordings we have the logos. So we give them some some advertisement and always link them with the community. So a lot of jobs that um are needed or that that are taken in in, in Vienna are going over these meetups because you always have companies that sponsor and then people that are interested in the search a job. And it's a really cool um let's say linking good cool, really cool net network platform too.
0: That's awesome.
1: That's good that you agree.
0: Yeah, I love it. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what I can do here because there are a lot of tech companies here that I think I could get to sponsor things like that. And I mean, uh, there there is a tech association that runs like um, Utah Open Source Conference Mm -hmm. and some database conferences and stuff and they get local companies to sponsor them. But I think it'd be really interesting to pull something together where, yeah, we were doing a monthly meetup and it was like, well, yeah. we got the creator of this framework or the, you know, or a GDE exactly. or a, a Microsoft MVP or, exactly. yeah, and, and just be like, all right, you know, we've got this person coming in, uh, you know, the whole thing's been done or maybe do a, a workshop, right? Where it's, you know, we've got this person and we're going to, we're going to pay them exactly. for their time, but the association <clears throat> is making it free, right? Exactly
1: so uh, this is also the reason we don't need members because we don't want to have members we want to provide service for everybody that want to attend like a better funded meetup yep that's awesome (laughs) also one of my hobbies next to rxjs
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so how did you wind up getting into rxjs was it an extension of working with angular and just realizing that
1: no no it was it was a really cool story um I was a backend developer and, and programmed PHP and then uh, I always searched like what is cool and new and blah and uh, before these Angular meetups started in Vienna, um, I often met with uh, with a guy, his name is called Ali, Ali Sharif. I guess in Twitter his name is Sharif Speed. He's mm-hmm. tweeting a lot of um, stuff on um, programming culture and this stuff and he was like really, really Informed about the latest uh, new technology and, and also concept and 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 and, and uh, uh, let's say implementation-wise, why it is good or bad. And he told me back then I was like, "Wow, there is this and that new stuff." And he said, "You know what? The really cool is RxJS." And I was like, "What the f- RxJS?" And so, so I sat down. I had this dummy, my first dummy Angular uh, project. It was just a button and some text like this. Um, hello world example of AngularJS uh, and, I, and I was like okay I want to use this somehow in this AngularJS thing so I uh, started to make a button click stream and it took me hold on three days <laughs> to make a button oh, click wow. stream I, I don't know the RxJS version I, I assume it was for something or so uh, and I had no clue. The documentation was like over complex and overfilled with these words, this like observable observer and subject. And I had no clue. So I faded this button. And when I had the button click stream ready, I was so excited and so released that um, I started to like experiment more. Uh, the next thing was I created an error and I tried one and a half days to restart the observable. Now I know this concept of reusing, you know, that observable is not here, but yeah, back then it took me some time. And my first um, example and my first real talk on a meetup was was um, our AngularJS and um, I guess a message bus with RxJS. And the second was a Morse code decoder. Uh, and this was one of my first, co- no, this was my, thir- my, my second meetup talk. And also years later with Angular and RxJS. Uh, also, my first conference talk at the Vikings.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I love RxJS. It's
1: it is incredible. It's so powerful. Yeah. I realize every four months that uh, I'm stupid and I know nothing and I never understood what I do. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's always exciting for me. I always learn new stuff, I read a lot of those issues, old issues, or the source code just to get a better understanding why the code is as it is and what you can
0: mm-hmm. do. It. Nice. So do you have an Rxjs meetup out there then or?
1: Um I have um the Angular meetup, a Nest meetup which is not so uh Nest JS meetup which is not so active. Maybe I should work on it. And I started to um think about RxJS at the moment we include it in the Angular meetup. Right. And, um, we will see.
0: So let let's talk a little bit about what you're doing um, as far as if somebody else wants to start setting something like this up. So let's say that somebody's based in another city, um, you know, maybe they do or don't have a strong tech community there. I mean, how do you get a meetup like this together? And, you know, if if how do you determine if it's possible to get something like your Angular association together?
1: Um, I believe this should nothing that you should care about at the beginning. So if you want to do something, you don't think about funding and free beer and free location, whatever you think about, I'm super interested in this and the topic and I want to meet all the other people that are also interested in, it. Mm-hmm. And then you just create the meetup and you say, let's meet in whatever in the bar X, Y, Z, because everybody can go in a bar and you can just meet there. Or you have a location for free for another component. You just set the meetup up and uh, wait until people show up. <laughs> and um, yeah, and you see how it goes. If people are coming more, do you provide interesting content, really important? Uh, you as a meetup organizer, are you friendly? What culture do you, do you let's say, um, teach? Or you, I mean, you have to provide an example or set an example like how to behave on a meetup or how to, uh, you know what I mean? If you are mm-hmm. like a welcoming, friendly uh, organizer and you, are, you say hi to everybody that enters and you introduce yourself and you s- tell him what's possible and grab a free, free drink here and sit there and do this. Uh, and if you start to run a meetup with this um, mindset, it will automatically uh, be good because you cannot resist if you get welcomed in, in a very nice way you cannot resist to be also very nice and welcoming to all the other people there. Right. And it is like a, um, a positive, let's say, I don't know if it is a trick, but it is a result. It is a result of, of, of how you act at the beginning and how you say hi and introduce yourself to others. Because if you run the meetup, you're like, um, let's say something like the boss, right? And, um, hmm you can assume that there is a saying in 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 Austria um, that the, the fish starts to smell at the head. You know this,
0: right? Yep. Yeah, and I think we have the also, same kind of saying here. So yeah.
1: So and now flip it around. Uh, if you if you're the head and you have a very good smell, all the rest will also have a very good smell, right? So yep. if you start to to. Be, uh, first of all, you have to be authentic, but if you are an authentic person that is also friendly and welcoming uh, and you start this stuff, everybody else is more or less forced to be welcoming and friendly to everybody else too.
0: Are you stuck at home climbing the walls when you should be hanging out with the community at the latest conference to get cancelled? Are you wondering where to hear your JavaScript heroes like Amy Knight and Douglas Crockford and Chris Heilman? After the cancellations, I decided to put on a JavaScript conference for you online. I invited my favorite folks from around the web and got them to come speak at an online event just for you. Go to jsremoteconf.com and check out our speakers and schedule. The conference is on May 14th and 15th. The call for proposals is open until March 31st. Come join us at an online conference that we guarantee will keep you safe and keep you informed. jsremoteconf.com. Yeah, the Angular team has done some of this with their, We, you can sit with us, you know, they wear shirts that say that and things like that. In the Ruby community, they have a, a mantra that's Minaswan, and that is, Matt's is nice, and so we are nice. Matt's being the creator of the language, right? And so, ah. yeah, a, a lot of these ideas, you know, that you're talking about at a local level, I mean, they work across the communities, right? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Angular takes, the Angular team takes a very active role in making sure that the community is welcoming and friendly and helpful yeah. and I mean, that trickles I don't really down.
1: care about Angular, to be honest. Uh, no matter which technology I run, I should be or Or even if it is a meetup for, I don't know, dancing salsa, you also have to be welcoming and friendly. I know agree. What I mean? So uh, I, I say I would not stick it to the topic of a meetup or anything. It should be like a, a general thing that you want to do in your life. Yeah, just, if you're
0: creating like a, a community, like, yeah. it's something you should be doing.
1: It should be also, uh, you should also be happy outside of the community and friendly to other. Yes. People. So I would not, I would not connect being friendly to others with community because I don't care if I'm at the community and in the meetup and welcome people friendly. I also do this when I enter a shop and I say hi to the shop owner. You know what I mean? Right. So this is nothing you should, you should connect with a meetup or a community.
0: I 100% agree.
1: Yeah, we talked a lot about community and meetups. Yep. What else so, are you interested in?
0: I'm I'm really curious. Um, you know, what kinds of things have you done with Angular um, or with RxJS for that matter? Like like, what kinds of interesting projects have you done?
1: Ah, okay, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can I can uh, I can name this this project that I named at the beginning. I'm not sure if it is in the recording, but this Ionic Uber clone. Uh huh. Uber clone with Ionic. This was uh, one of my first really really big projects in the front end uh, with a lot of WebSocket and uh, REST calls and this and that and my boss back then forced me to use TypeScript and you have to know at this time people were like what is it you know it's there were like this CoffeeScript thingy and then there was this <laughs> TypeScript thingy and people were like oh, you really want to bet on TypeScript I mean uh, so. I was the same. I was like, yeah, but can we just read Vanilla? I mean, I know how to do it, and it's a big project, and I don't want to, like, start a new technology with a new project. It was like, no, uh, we do this, and he don't care how long it will take to learn it, I have to use uh, TypeScript. And I used it, and after one and a half days, I never went back. It is, like, the best thing in my life that happened back then, this TypeScript stuff. So this was uh, a big project uh, where I also had uh, contact with a lot of different technologies, TypeScript, the WebSocket, this and that. And um, it was also one of the first uh, projects um, where I used RxJS because the WebSocket connection uh, was back then. Uh, handled over rxjs and all this reconnecting and this buffering you have to know you have to cache a lot of stuff offline for offline situations and and then you go online again and you have this data sync so this was rxjs logic it was really really cool also very live push based uh, application i loved it uh, the second cool thing i won a uh, prize back then i created um, with Drupal, a backend where you can manage assets like multimedia assets, images, uh, videos, audio, <clears throat> and other data. And you could link them in Drupal with drag and drop to iBeacons beacons or to positions. And back then I used iBeacons, uh, beacons, QR codes, RFID tags, and the GPS position to put information on a map. And then I would say, okay, this is like a museum and I put the eye beacons or the QR codes. I mean, the goal was to use eye beacons because you just pass them and something happens in your phone. Mm -hmm. You have this guide where you can set up on the computer multimedia stuff uh, over positions. And when you pass the station with the phone, uh, a dialogue goes up and you see the video or you can read about it or whatever. So for museums, for outdoor museums and this stuff. And this was also... Uh, really cool, this was uh, an open source project that, uh, that got partially funded because there was some uh, competition, I don't know. And it was also based on Ionic and RxJS right. because mm-hmm. all the signals that went in from those iBeacons uh, were processed uh, over streams. That and makes this, sense. I decided, I decided back then to use RxJS for it. Yeah, and and, uh, and all the time I really struggled to understand uh, RxJS. I mean, still, I still struggle, you know. <laughs> it's not over. Uh, but uh, this was one of the first um, things where I, I looked how to learn RxJS in a, in a better way because it was, I was overwhelmed from the number of operators. I was overwhelmed from the number of technical terms. Um, I was just able to use it because I had a lot of experiments done.
0: <laughs> right.
1: The doc, the is still not really helpful for me. Uh, and um, I guess when I switched to Angular, I started to um, think more in these marble diagrams, and I, I had a lot of drawings on the paper back then to um, get a good overview of what my code is doing, because this um, I, TDD. You know what TDD is? Yes. What What do you think?
0: Test-driven development?
1: Yeah, normally yes, but if you code React, you have uh, React, sorry, RxJS, you have the tap-driven development, right? You put a tap operator in the console log and you try to understand what is happening with all these console logs in your your pipe. Uh I call it tap-driven development. It's a small joke. Yep. I I was not able to understand it with this tap-driven development. I always had to draw those marble diagrams on a paper to really have a a clear understanding of all the different use cases that can happen. And this was, I guess, the beginning where I was uh, um, starting to get interested in in these diagrams. And uh, also later on, this was, uh, I guess, the foundational work that I used to create this marble design system uh, that I still work on. (laughs) Awesome. Did you ever saw such a graphic of this design system? Uh Uh-uh, I didn't. Okay. I guess uh, you should find something online. If you click on my Twitter media tag, you see some colorful uh, circles and some arrows and some lines. And I basically um, extended the actual marble diagram um, way of drawing to a real design system uh, that solved all the problems because a lot of operators are not... uh, um, you cannot visualize them with, right. the, with the current set of marbles. You cannot visualize execution context. You cannot visualize uh, multicasting and unicasting. You cannot uh, visualize in a nice way what a higher-order observable is doing and where the unsubscribe of a switch map is happening. You know what I mean? I, I put together <clears throat> a design system that, has, that, that includes a lot of rules and a lot of like, spacing and blah, blah, blah stuff. and. Um, you can use this design system to draw every single operator, also multicasting operator, also operators that switch the scheduling context from synchronous to asynchronous scheduling. <clears throat> you basically can cover every single operation that uh, RxJS operators at the moment do, including subjects.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the diagram. It, it looks really. It's it's a little different from what I've seen in the past, and it it looks yeah, interesting. It, I, Definitely it want has to a lot of uh,
1: information about the internal logic of an operator. And this is like, so the big problem, what I realized with those diagrams was you cannot draw, or at least in the old versions, it didn't show the internal logic of the operator. But this is the only interesting thing that you want to know. If you use an operator, right? If you use a switch yep. map, you're not interested in the in and output. You're interested what is switching inside to what? Mm-hmm and this is the essential difference that my diagram shows compared to the old diagrams that's cool yeah and it is working and you can uh, like reproduce it it is like always the same uh, pattern always the same spacing you could create css elements out of it provide some padding and margin uh, and it would work you know what i mean it's like really based on a system it's not like drawing lines it's like the line is here because of X, Y, Z.
0: Yep, cool. Well, I'm, I'm kind of running out of time. I have some yeah. other podcast interviews to get to today. Um, and I actually have to drive to them because they're uh, local folks. <laughs> so. so What's um, last
1: thing you wanna know? Well, uh, what are you working on today? Like these days? Uh, these days? This is a very good question. Um, so, um, after I did a of development, I switched to this training, uh, consulting stuff, and now I just try to solve some problems um for other big companies and um recently i worked and i still work on very interesting stuff i work on fully zoneless and fully subscription-less angular applications um i introduced the concept of of local state um based on a research that i did so this is like how i would implement local state management in a very primitive form in angular and you can mm-hmm. wrap this uh implementation stuff that i did with other more intelligent things until you reach some logic that looks like an ngrx for example but it's not not that important on a component level but i do this i write fully reactive uh, applications and if you go fully zoneless you only need one single piece you need uh, instead of the async pipe you need something that uh, we call the push pipe it was rob walmart's idea several years ago now. I guess it was one year ago when he came up with it or, or, or even longer. Um, and this was the idea of triggering the change detection in the push pipe itself. So not marking for a check, but detecting the change itself there. Uh, and it had several performance problems. For example, if you have multiple pipes on the same task, it would take a trigger multiple detections in the same event loop, it was, would be not really performant even if we go away from zone. Uh, and I, uh, I worked on this um, based on an RFC on the NGRX repository. I will provide a PR that includes the push pipe and the let directive, another thing that is very similar from the concept, uh, that will help us to have a smooth uh, integration of streams in the template and also uh, working uh, zoneless. So basically it detects the version of Angular, is it view engine or Ivy, and it detects if you run zoneless or not. And based on this, it does its thing and you don't need to care about those decisions. So you have it in the pipe or in the directive. I guess we will um, publish at least parts of this PR in the near future in the next version of ngRx.
0: Cool, very yeah. cool. All right. Well, um, I'm going to push this into picks. Um, what is and, and pushes in a picks. So, so we're going to, we're going to talk about stuff that's not related to this that we like. So, you know, just shout outs about TV shows, books, movies, other stuff that you're you know enjoying these days. Um, I can go ahead and, uh, and do a pick or two here and then, and then you'll kind of get the idea. Um, My first pick, it's hard to keep track of because these aren't on like a regular schedule. Um, They get scheduled when they get scheduled. Um, And so I worry a little bit about repeating them. But if I repeat them, sorry. Um, So the first pick I have is um, a book that I've been listening to on Audible. It's called Generation Z Unfiltered. And it talks about, um, so I'm Generation X, I think, depending on how you reckon it. I was born in 79. Um, and you know, and then you have generation Y and then generation Z. And, uh, this book is about explaining the world that generation Z is growing up in and how they see the world and how, you know, how technology has impacted them and things like that. And what's really interesting to me is that my kids, I think are at least my older kids are generation Z according to however they reckon that. Mm -hmm. And so just understanding, okay, these are the things that are different from when I grew up, right? uh, I've fought a few things that I didn't need to fight because you know I I try to raise my kids like I was raised, and there are a couple there are a lot of things that yeah you know these you know these are the values we live by so you know so do this or do that, but um, the reverse of that is is okay um, you know go outside and play. Well, we went outside and played because. Technology entertainment was the TV, right? That was it when I was a kid. And now they've got the internet, they've got cell phones, they've got all these different things. And yeah, I still encourage my kids to go outside and play. But now I have a little bit more context around how they look at this and realize that, you know, I need to be a little bit more permissive in some ways with technology and a little less permissive with technology in some ways, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, essentially what I'm doing now is I'm trying to give them the tools to cope with um, a connected world and the types of technology offerings that are going to be around in 10 years when they're adults. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, it's been a really interesting book to just kind of dive in and look at that stuff. So I'm going to pick that. The other pick I have is uh, an app on my Mac that I use called Shift. And what Shift does is it, it puts a whole bunch of your apps in the same spot. So um, I I have a Gmail account, well Google Apps account for work, right? And then I have another Google Apps account for uh, some of the volunteering that I do um, for the local um, political party. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know I've got uh, you can add in so I've got Stripe, or not Stripe, sorry, Slack, Facebook, um, Messenger, Facebook Messenger, uh, mm-hmm. Active Campaign, Basecamp. You know, so I've got all of these, and they're they're all tabs in this same app, and so I don't have to go and sign into them. And then if the tab gets closed, I have to go back. I don't have to do any of that stuff. Um, shift kind of manages all that for me. So I'm going to pick shift. Do you have some things that you want to shout out about, uh, Mikhail?
1: Pick. Uh, I should pick something. I don't know a book or whatever that I think it's cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. What's the thing that just makes your life better these days, right? <laughs> when you want better, to put your feet better. up and re- relax. Better is
1: a hard question. You never know if your life gets better or not. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Uh, I took a big uh, a book. Yeah, I have a cool book. What, what is a cool book? A cool book that I wrote is a story like, uh, not wrote, read, it was a story like the wind. A story like the wind is a book written from um, an author called Lawrence van der Post. Lawrence van der Post was back then. A friend of uh, C.G. Young, this uh, famous psychologist, C.G. Young, maybe you know him, uh-huh. I don't know, I don't care. So in the story, a uh, story like the wind, there was a uh, white, I call it white because I know from which country those white people were, <laughs> uh, in in uh, the jungle, in, in um, and they lived together with, um, I don't know the English word, but these people that live in the bush, we call it a bushman or whatever. Uh-huh. Oh, yep. in the jungle uh, uh, natives there and um then there were some fighting and whatever so the story was about how the cultural interaction uh, between this uh, let's say strange white uh, small boy and his family and the natives were and also fights uh, in between his native uh, people and others um and It was incredibly interesting and fascinating for me how this young boy made his decisions based on the really, um, uh, let's say, uh, very stressful situations he was in all the time. He he always uh, acted very wise and very, very uh, thoughtful. So I was very impressed of this book, the way how it was written, and the story of this young uh, boy that was living with the, the natives there as a complete stranger uh, and so I have to. I I guess it it, it is, uh, it will touch uh, a lot of people because it is a very, very good book. Another stuff that I like and that I believe is improving my life is I like to have fun. So if you have fun, uh, no matter where and what, I guess uh, it's it's always better Uh, also when I work, when I train when i learn uh, i try to uh, do it in a, a playful way because um the mood uh, in which i am is uh, heavily influencing uh, the inf- if i can digest the information or not and if i want to learn something it's very important or if i want to teach and share knowledge it's important that i'm in an open mood that that is able to receive Other people and their feelings and questions, and give the right answer. And if you are in a fun, in a funny state, uh, it's a natural uh, behavior that uh, most of the people uh, go into. They they are very, it's easy for them to receive uh, feelings and and uh, thoughts of other people, adjust it, and give it away. And uh, I try, always try to, to have this like a funny mood because if you are in a very strict mood, it is very. Uh, exhausting to stay focused, and you cannot process all the different impressions from all the people. For mm-hmm. example, if I teach, that easily, so it helps me to save energy. Uh, if I if I'm in a open and uh, funny or, or or happy mood. Cool. Anything else? Nope. That's or are it. We done. Bam. Okay, we 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 nearly have like 45 minutes. Yeah. Are you satisfied with the? Uh, information you collected
0: yes absolutely and I, I I think it it's always funny to me you know we have these conversations and then somebody will email me and say this really inspired me so I'm, I'm really <laughs> hoping that people are going to be like oh well I can go start a meetup or I can go yeah. learn RX-JS, I, I, mean, I or, also to
1: mentoring like if somebody is interested to run a meetup start a meetup want to do a talk I do this a lot in Vienna I am used to do it sometimes remote and if it um, is a fair share of time, I'm, in, I'm into helping people to, to do this. And especially if they are across or around Vienna and Austria, we also fund the first meetup with the association. So we help. the association will help you to start your meetup, to get running, to get like the first round of free drinks paid for the people and, and have a good, a good, a good first meetup. Meet awesome. How do and people course, get a hold of you? if people want to get uh, trained or consultant, They can contact me. I guess my email address is on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is always open. So they can contact me, and also consume it.
0: (laughs) All right, sounds good.
1: Yeah, I also think so.
0: All right, well, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. But thank you for coming, and this was a lot of fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I agree
0: bandwidth for this segment is provided by cashfly the world's fastest cdn deliver your content fast with cashfly visit dot to learn more